Okay, good morning. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name is Mike. It is a Wednesday indeed, but it's earlier than usual. I'm leaving about an hour and 15 minutes earlier than I usually leave because it's a summer schedule and we're doing a shorter program, but we're trying to do it in the morning because it's cooler in the morning, so we'll see who shows up today. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it is uh, August. This will be, I usually don't um, record an episode in August because I'm usually on vacation. And I apologize for some of the background noise. It is kind of hot here being August, so I've got the air conditioner blasting, at least in the beginning. Well, it's, not, it's not too loud right now, but... Yeah, hope you guys are all doing well. We, uh, of course, have had an eventful uh, month or so. A month ago, my daughter uh, and her uh, new husband tied the knot in Hawaii. And we were part of that, and I think I talked to you guys about that already. And uh, then we came back and got back to work. Uh, but I've been on uh, a summer vacation for most of the last two weeks. Uh, I guess it turned out to be probably something like 13 days. Uh, but I've gone back to work this week, so Monday, Tuesday, and today's Wednesday. We're back to work on a an abbreviated schedule. It's not the full schedule. It's not my full schedule. Uh, so yeah, back to work, teaching, uh, and yeah, usually I don't have a class in August, and so I don't record the podcast on my long drive. I don't have that long drive, but um, yeah, this year because we went to Florida as a school year, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> I've been to Florida in years. Uh, because we went to Hawaii while the school year was still going. We had to make up some classes, and so this is one of the August makeup classes. Uh, I suppose I did one back on August 1st, I think is I did that too. I don't remember what day that was, but did I post that one? I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so being this early, my voice is a little bit tired, a little bit. But I slept well last night. I slept soundly. I haven't slept that well in many days. Um, being the heat of August, I don't always get the best quality sleep. But uh, maybe because I hadn't gotten good sleep for several days prior, that last night was, was better quality. It's possible. I don't know. I got about a full eight hours last night. So, yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago, we met for uh, a Bible study in our home with our uh, home gathering group that hasn't gathered in our home for quite some time, and we have, even if we gathered, it was usually for just a 
social get-together kind of thing. And, but we did uh, have some food, and we sat down and studied uh, Matthew a little bit. Um, we looked at two scriptures, and I kind of wanted to share those with you today to kind of um, re refresh my mind and, and possibly uh, give me a, a direction to go from there uh, for next time. And so it was Matthew 17. Matthew 17. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to remember. Uh, and I had, we had attended a, uh, a, I don't know what to call it now. I have so many problems with the things we call things. It's so silly. But, uh, we, we went to, we visited the congregation that we used to be a part of, uh, for 18 years we were part of that, that group. And, uh, they're still, they're still trucking along and I had heard a sermon which I haven't heard a sermon in a long time uh, and it was on Matthew 17 uh, Matthew 17 maybe 1 through 5 and it's talking about knowing God knowing God oh my goodness I'm going to have to look it up I'm sorry I shouldn't be doing this while I'm driving I used to be in the country I guess I should come right up uh, Matthew 17. It's definitely not it. Oh, it's not Matthew 17. It's not Matthew 17. I think it was Matthew 17. Matthew 17 is the transfiguration. Is it John? Oh, it's John. John 17. That's right. All coming back to me now. Yeah, and Jesus is praying in John 17. I think this is the basically the Last Supper setting. Father, time has now arrived. Show everyone how great your Son is. So then, this is the easy English, by the way. Uh, so then, I, the Son, can show how great you are. You gave me authority over all people. You did this so that I could give people life forever. All right. Yeah, this is not a great translation. Um, Uh, <clears throat> yeah, verses, verse 3, uh, verse 2, I guess. Well, let's go back to verse 1. It's easier. Chapter 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus.
Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Yeah, and so he talks about eternal life, and I've talked about the word eternal and how we've um, we've incompletely understood the concept of of uh, ainos or ion, the biblical word for ages, and usually we interpret it as forever, just like the easy English uh, version just did. But actually, it's much more involved than just a period of time or actually forever I guess would be a period outside of time it's much much more involved than that uh, and so but the point I want to make is that Jesus came to give us eternal life and eternal life uh, is knowing it says both the father and Jesus Christ, knowing the Father and the Son. So if you know the Father and you know the Son, then you have eternal life. And this this idea of eternal life is knowing God. And that's something that they were doing right then, right? They were they were knowing Jesus. They had been they had been following him and been with him for three years. They knew Jesus and so they had eternal life right then. So eternal life uh, was something Apart from, apart from, uh, foreverness, I guess is the way I'd say that. It's, 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 it may involve that. It may involve that indeed. And I think that's the hope of most of us. But it, it's more than just that, right? It's more than that. Uh, it's, it's about, um, and I've talked about this before, but uh, the word that we usually use for eternal has uh, as much to do with a quality of existence as it does the duration of existence, right? It's a type of existence. Um, all right. So, yeah, we talked about that and that, you know, eternal life, which Jesus has come to give us, um, is uh, not just a duration of existence, right? It's something more than that. It's, it has to do with the uh, heaven um, coming to earth uh, now, right? Uh, and that if you know Jesus now, you can have a heavenly quality of life on earth, right? It, it changes the way that you are in the world now, it improves your life drastically and those around you um, to have a heavenly quality to it. And whatever heavenly quality means to you, you know, we are all going to have different perceptions of what that would look like, right? We all have a different idea of what the perfect life is. something somebody said so as we were talking about this somebody brought up that that people of you know people in the past have really taken uh, held on to this idea of eternal life they've really um, 
embraced it and and longed for it and and it's been something that that has been held up as the uh, the thing to strive for but um, this person's um, opinion was that people nowadays don't really have that idea like they they actually want life to end at some point you know they they, they don't look forward to living forever. And I've heard people say this. Uh, and I, I understand what they're saying. They're saying that if life is just like this, you know, get up every day, go to work, uh, wear yourself out just for a meager wage, uh, and come home and work some more, and then sleep and, you know, do it all again. If that's just life, then yeah, maybe we want that to end. And I think this is a, in my opinion, this is a misunderstanding of the quality of life um, that Christ is offering. Um, and again, it's misunderstanding the idea of duration, right? That eternal life has mostly to do with duration. Um, it's not that, and, and I don't think we need to actually worry about that aspect of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but I realize now that that's something that we should address um, with our group because I think there's, there's a misunderstanding of, of, you know, what having an extended existence could mean could be a very wonderful thing. Of course, it could be a very bad thing, you know. Um, it is something that we should talk about, and I think I'll probably go into that um, at some point. But as I was listening to this sermon, in my mind, I correlated it with another passage. And that passage uh, was First John chapter... I believe um, and it's a very very famous passage um, about love first John chapter 4 uh, this doesn't seem to be it but where is it oh yeah from verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 from verse 7. And it's a very famous, famous chapter. And John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. <clears throat> Super famous passage, right? Anyone who does not love does not know God. And so I see when I read uh, John 17 and then this scripture came up, what I saw was a, a formula of sorts. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that you can ever <clears throat> achieve eternal life through a formula. Uh, but things are written for a reason, right? Things are written for a reason. And I think, I think, you know, it says, 
in John 17 uh, that eternal life is knowing God. So if you know God, you have eternal life. If you know Jesus, who God sent, you have eternal life, right? To know Jesus is to know God, and and then you have eternal life. But how, how do you know? How do you know that you know? How can you be sure that you know Jesus, that you know Christ? And I think this, this will help you. Uh, if you are loving, and we, we've talked about love many times, right? Um, and basically, the concept of love is if you are sacrificially loving people, right? If, if you are considering their needs above your own. If you genuinely are working for the welfare of someone else, uh, and if this is your mode of being in the world, then you know Christ. And if you know Christ, you have eternal love. Eternal life. (laughs) That That was a bit of a slip of the tongue, but it, it kind of fits, right? Eternal love is eternal life. It's, it's exactly that, right? And again, eternal doesn't mean forever. It means a, a certain quality. So I'm going to have a little sip of my uh, almond milk latte I made for myself this morning. Ice latte. Almond milk ice latte. I've been trying to lose some weight, so I've uh, shifted from dairy products, more or less, uh, to more other products. Plant-based, I guess. not true. Dairy. I'm still eating meat. Oh. You know, the first time you have something like almond milk or oat milk, you, you realize hey, that's not real milk. You know, you, you see the difference right away. But if you drink it enough, it becomes your new norm. And you don't hate it so much. So, where was I? Um, Yeah. To know... To know Christ is to know His love so fully that His love permeates your very being to the point where you can't not but love other people. It's a, that, that's, in fact, that's the, the true nature of love, in my humble opinion, right? Love, love is a transformative thing, right? It's not something that is ever 
ill-used or wasted. You can't waste love. Wait, what's that song? Oh, a song came to... I think it's Huey Lewis. But may not be. That's the power of love. Da, 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 da. Yeah, from uh, <laughs> from Back to the Future. Uh, it's the power of love. You don't need money. You don't need fame. You don't need a credit card to ride this train. Oh, I have to leave the lyrics of that song sometime. I don't remember them all. He's alive. That's the power of love. Oh, and look at those lyrics. Um, but there's another song, something about wasted love, but I'm not sure. I may be just making something, something up in my head, but love is never wasted, and love always transforms. So when true love uh, comes from you, wherever it lands, it has an effect. Now, you may not see it, you may not perceive it, uh, but love is never wasted. It's good for you to love, and it's good for the world that you love can't be wasted but you know that there, there is and I've talked about this there is a a there's the image that God has put into all of his creation right the image of God the imprint of God if you will uh, evidence of God is in everything that he made obviously right uh, if a watchmaker makes a watch uh, there are certain Character, char, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Characteristics of his process that will point back to him. Uh, and God is the same way. Everything that God has made, uh, there are characteristics that will point us to the one who made them, to made it, made it, right? And and we humans, we are told that we are image bearers of the creator, that we bear the image of the creator somehow in ourselves. And I, I believe that God put the ability to love in all of us. And I think, you know, whether, whether that is, John says that the essence of God is love, right? First John chapter 4, verse 7, what we just read, that the, the essence of God is love. God is love. And if God is love, then he's put love in each of us. If his essence is love, then our essence is love. Wow. If his essence is love, then our essence is love. And I think sin is the process of us, of, of people denying who we are. We're denying that we are love. Maybe that's another definition of how we miss the mark. <clears throat> uh, so, wow, we're going on a little bit of a tangent here. Kind of fun, right? Right. Thank you. Uh, so, you have eternal life if you know Christ. How do we know that we know Christ? We love. 
love is the way that we operate. Love is our essence. My essence does not seem to be love. I'll tell you that. I, I am selfish. Uh, I do things I shouldn't. I think things I shouldn't. Uh, there are times uh, when... Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Do I actually bear the image of God? And I think that's this journey we call life. Trying to discover our true selves. Trying to discover the fact that we were made from love, by love, for love. You know, maybe that's the maybe that's the meaning of of, of marriage in the first place. Is that when two people love each other, something's created. That that a child, a baby, is created out of love. Um, it's been talked about that before the before the world was created, uh, God was already community, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, also known as the Trinity or the Holy Trinity, lived together, and out of that love that they had for one another, they created the world. And in creating the world on the sixth day, they created us, humans. This is how Genesis reports it. <clears throat> Forget about evolution or, or young earth theory or whatever. Forget about that for now. Uh, I think you can see that there's a way to look at creation uh, as as a marriage, right? Um, and also forget about the fact that there are three people uh, involved in that marriage. Because <laughs> they're not people, first of all, uh, and there aren't necessarily three. It's a way that we try to understand the, the nature of God. Um, but two may be just as... Uh, Anyway, that's not the point, I guess, that's what I'm trying to say. Man, there's a lot of heavy rain clouds up in here. Looks like it might storm, but it's also sunny. Weird, weird weather. There's maybe some remnants of the uh, typhoon that came through a couple days ago. It's possible. We're doing really good on time, though. Thought the traffic may be heavy, but it's not been bad at all. We'll be there in plenty of time. Assuming my watch is correct. Let's make sure. Yeah. Seems like it. Uh, so. Jesus came to give us eternal life. What is eternal life? To know Christ. Who is Christ? Love. How do we know that we know Christ? We also love. We also have discovered that our essence is love. 
<clears throat> it's one way to look at it. Just one. Um, but I like that. It, it makes it it makes it to me easy to understand. You know, there's a lot of um, things that are frustrating about being in your 50s, as I am. About to be 55 here pretty soon. Uh, one of those uh, is watching other people struggle in life who are younger than you. Uh, who are going through a lot of the same things you went through. Um, and you know that they're going to make it through it. That they're going to be fine. But they don't know it. They don't know that. Uh, and watching people struggle is just hard. It's hard. It's, it's difficult to know what to do and what to say uh, in that situation. Uh, and all of the people in our group are younger than me and my wife. Uh, we are the the uh, elders of the group for sure. Uh, and it's not fun watching people suffer. No matter who you are. <laughs> I guess some people may like to watch people suffer, but it's because they don't know their true self. <clears throat> At least that's my story and I'm sticking with it. Uh, so, let's see. Actually, I think we got to a pretty decent place with that. I'm happy with it. Be with it. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be back to work in a couple weeks. There probably won't be an episode next week. I'll try to get this episode up this morning. In fact, I'm hoping to take it into work with me and do it as uh, during a lull in my classes. We'll see who shows up today. I don't even know. It'll be very interesting. When you change the schedule like this so drastically from afternoon classes to morning classes, a lot of people uh, will forget. A lot of people just won't show up at all. It happens, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I, I would love feedback on this. I, I don't get feedback from you guys almost ever. And the weird messages that are left for, for me on SoundCloud are usually some kind of spam. Uh, somebody trying to sell me something or, or get me to like their <laughs> whatever they're doing um, but onward I go I'll keep posting these things and, and keep having thoughts and, and I hope that you know somehow this is <clears throat> this is rubbing off on me you know that I am discovering my, you know, the image of Christ in myself more and more, and that the evidence of that is there. You know, it can become kind of a, a uh, what is that called, self-perpetuating self thing. Uh, it's sort of like a confidence thing, and, and I don't mean to be just confident in yourself, but I think there is a point that you can, you can be encouraged that the things you believe in your head are actually 
coming true in your life. You know that it's not something that you're just thinking, but but you you're actually trying to do it. Now the danger of that, of course, is that you can become prideful uh, that you're doing well. Uh, but still, I, I would love to see more and more evidence that the things I'm saying are also uh, being turned into action. But the reality, I think, is uh, that people who love, who are loving in the world, are probably taken advantage of. And so they're probably and abused and possibly discarded and that's our that's our lot in life that was Christ's lot in life Uh, he was he came to the world and he did nothing but love he loved he loved uh, painfully and he paid the price for his love the ultimate price, right? He, he was crucified on the cross for his love. But that's the point, isn't it? That's how we know that Christ loved us, that he laid down his life. Uh, it's another scripture. Jesus says, no greater life, uh, no greater love has a friend than to lay, lay down. No greater love. How, how does he say it? There is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And I think the very, the very act of laying down your life makes the one for whom you do it a friend. <laughs> Maybe that's the transforming power. Uh, you know, we talk about love your enemies. The very essence of loving your enemy makes them no longer an enemy. You have taken them from one at least in your mind, you've taken them from the, the level of enemy to the level of friend by your love. And I believe that the transforming power of love that, you know, over time will also help them to see that. When you love your enemies, no matter how much they hate you, over time that love will have an effect. And they will see that you love them and they will, will no longer be your enemies. You know, love your enemies is a very interesting thing to say, isn't it? If they're your enemy, you don't love them. And so that by the by the decision to love your enemies, you, you make them not an enemy. They are no longer your enemies. Yeah. Love is a tough thing to figure out. It really is. have too much influence in the opposite direction. Too much. But nothing that love cannot overcome. It's too much for us, but it's not too much for love. It's too much for us, but it's not too much for love. I like that turn of phrase. Um, Yeah, nothing's too much for love. That's the point. That is the point. For God so loved the world. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. said before that, you know, where God is, where love is, God is. If you see love in the world, whether or not they profess to know God, if you see sacrifice, real sacrifice, God is there. The image of God is coming through. They may not know where that love comes from. They may not realize that it's it's because God created them and, and imprinted his, his essence on them. But love does come out. Love comes through. You'll see it everywhere, even in places that are not, not quote-unquote Christian. Bye-bye.